glad that you came to worship with us today. I don't know about you, but uh, last week, we, earlier in the week, celebrated Christmas Eve, and some of you were here with us, but maybe wherever you were, you either heard on the radio or were participating in singing about Silent Night, and I love that song. It's so beautiful and it's so peaceful. However, that is not usually the experience that I have of celebrating Christmas. <laughs> It's not typically super peaceful or very silent at all. And I'm assuming that many of you, that was not your experience either. And even if you did maybe have a peaceful Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, a lot of you were right back at work the next day, weren't you? You were back at it. The busy stuff, all those emails that piled up. Some of you, the kids are home from break. That's all I have to say about that, kids. We're glad you're worshiping with us today. We've got our elementary kids with us today. There is just not, some, not, not always a very silent night involved in the celebration of Christmas. So if you got to have a silent night, that's awesome. If you did not, what we're trying to do this morning is create a little bit of space for some reflection for you. Because so many of us don't have that much space to do that. And so we're just going to go through a very simple guided process of some reflection space with some music and your little journals I gave you. In fact, if you did not get one of these little journals, I think we have just a few more. Raise your hand. There's some people that will give those to you. They're, they're waiting, so just raise your hand. We got a few here. So don't feel nervous if you're like, oh man, what is she doing? We're doing something different. It's really just for you. In fact, we've got a little bit less people, so if you want to even just like move a seat over from the person you came with because you want a little bit of space, you can do that. You have permission. We're just going to create some space to think back on this year. And for the kids, I gave them this cool little packet that I made. I think it's cool. And so I think we might even have extras of these because some of the adults might like feel a little bit jealous of the opportunity the kids have to do some coloring and a word search and all these cool things. So if you feel jealous about that, you just let me know. We'll get you one. But we're just going to go through just a, a guided time just to say, hey, what would it look like to get prepared to step into 2019, which is happening very soon? As we step into 2019 here at Mill City, we're going to be having a conversation that we're calling Fresh Start, Fresh Start. Some of you might be in a season of life right now where you really feel like, oh man, I could use a fresh start. Others of you, maybe, you, maybe that's not where you're at, and that's okay, but I think that the turn of a year always gives us that opportunity to say, what would it look like to step into a new space anew and afresh? We worship a God who is saying, I make all things new. Jesus says, I make all things new. And that's you and me that are renewed all the time. And so there's nothing magical about the beginning of a year, of a calendar year, but I think it's an opportunity, a benchmark moment to say, hey, what are some of the things I want to leave behind in 2018 as I step intentionally into 2019? And so if you've got time to do that, great. If you don't, here's your time. We're giving you some space to do that. That little journal is for you. You can write down anything you want. You don't have to turn that in or show that to anyone else. That is just for you. And uh, then also... Um, We've got a little sheet of paper in there that kind of guides you through what we're going to go through. So I thought about what would it look like to prepare for a fresh start. If in a couple days it's 2019 and we're going to talk about a fresh start in the next few weeks, what would it look like to prepare for a fresh start? And so I thought of kind of three different movements that seem really clear to me as a way in which God invites us through Scripture to prepare our hearts for being made new, for renewal, for stepping into something fresh. Okay? And there's a passage that I decided we'd focus on. It's actually a theme throughout Scripture, this idea of what it looks like to leave some things behind and step new into new things. That's part of the resurrection story. But I love this Psalm 32, and I'm actually going to read it in the message translation. Some of you might be familiar with the message translation. Uh, it was written by a man named Eugene Peterson who actually died this year, and he was a pastor that I really looked up to and really admired. And so we don't often read that translation of the Bible, but 
Today, I brought this translation in part because there's some really funny ways that he talks about these things, because I think that maybe he was a little bit trying to be funny sometimes. And also because sometimes when we hear something said a different way, it kind of hits us a different way. So uh, for kids, too, all of you kids who are here, we're so glad that you're with us today. And I think that these words might be a little bit more um, able for you to understand. So we're just going to read through that. And I think you're going to see three parts in this passage that are the three parts that I want us to move through today. Part one is confessing brokenness. Confessing brokenness. Man, if you look around the world, there's so much brokenness around us, isn't there? When you look in our own lives, there's brokenness in our own lives and in our families. And so what does it look like to confess brokenness? The second part is to humble ourselves, to be people of humility. We'll talk more about what that looks like. I think we see that in this passage. And then the last part is to honor Jesus. Before we step afresh into a new year, what does it look like to say, I'm going to honor Jesus as one of the first things that I do before I step into a new year afresh? So I think you'll hear these three parts. We'll have the words up here on the screen for you for Psalm 32 in the message translation by Eugene Peterson. This is what it says. Count yourself lucky. How happy you must be. You get a fresh start. Your slate's wiped clean. Count yourself lucky. God holds nothing against you, and you're holding nothing back from him. That's that idea of confession. When I kept it all inside, my bones turned to powder. That's an image. My words became day-long groans. The pressure never let up. All the juices of my life dried up. I just love this guy. <laughs> then I let it all out. I said, I'll make a clean breast of my failures to God. I'll, I'll put all of my things out there to God. And suddenly, the pressure was gone. My guilt dissolved. My sin or brokenness disappeared. These things add up. Every one of us needs to pray. When it all breaks loose and the dam bursts, we'll be on high ground untouched. Here's the part where I think it moves towards humility. God's my island hideaway. Anybody who's on an island hideaway right now, and we're here in the frozen tundra, not super happy about them, but hello on Facebook Live if you're there. But God is our island hideaway, keeps danger far from the shore, throws garlands of hosannas around my neck. Let me give you some good advice. I'm looking you in the eye and giving it to you straight. Don't be ornery like a horse or mule that needs bit and bridle to stay on track. God defiers are always in trouble. God affirmers find themselves loved every time they turn around. And then here's this last part, honoring Jesus. Celebrate God. Celebrate Jesus. Celebrate the Holy Spirit. Sing together, everyone, all you honest hearts. Raise the roof. Raise the roof. Remember that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's, see, we're talking about, like, moving forward, but we're going to leave that back in 2002. Yeah, that's what we're going to I just love that. Isn't that fun, just the way that he puts that? I think those three parts are right there of what does it look like to confess brokenness, to be people who are willing to humble ourselves, and then to celebrate and honor Jesus. And that's the three things that we're going to do. So we're going to start with this idea of confession. Confession might be something that some of you are used to as a part of a tradition uh, for you, as a part of, of practicing your faith in the past. But for a lot of us, it's not something that was very regular in our faith. It doesn't matter if it's new to you or not. We're not going to ask you to confess any specific things out loud. However, in a little while, we're going to read a confession together. And it's actually written on the back here of your little sheet. So if you want to look at it ahead of time, we're going to read that out loud together. It's very common for communities of faith to read a confession together. But we're going to take a little bit of time to think about some of our own things that we want to confess. 
but also maybe some things that we want to name as brokenness that we see around us in the world and confess to God, like, this brokenness is stuff that we can't handle. We need you. We need your salvation. We need your forgiveness in our life. So here is why I think confession is important. The practice of confession reminds us of the unconditional love and forgiveness found in Jesus. The practice of confession reminds us of the unconditional love and the forgiveness found in Jesus. And when we, when we don't do that practice of confession, I think we miss out on that. So you have your little notebook, and we have some questions that we're going to put on the screen. And uh, the little sheet that you got is just a copy of the questions. So if you're someone who would prefer to look at your sheet, here's the questions I want you to take some time to reflect on. And we're going to give you a few minutes for each of these reflection times. Once again, you can move away from the person peering at your eyes next to you if you want. The first question, what areas of brokenness do you see in your life, in your family maybe, in your work, where, where you work, and maybe in the world? What areas of brokenness do you most lament? Lament is another way of saying causes you the most sorrow. So what would it look like for you to just express that confession to Jesus today? And then for what do you need forgiveness from God or from others maybe in your life? So these are some guiding questions for this time of confession. You can write things down. You can close your eyes. You don't have to do anything. But Ashish is going to play some music. And then towards the end of a few minutes, we'll give you four or five minutes. Then I'm going to have us read a confession together. We'll have it up on the screen. It's the same one that's on the back of your sheet. Make sense? So you can do this. Some people here are like, I love these quiet moments. I would like 20 minutes, Pastor Steph. Others are like, five minutes is really long. Are you sure we're doing that? So we're going to meet in the middle. All right? You can do it. It'll be great. So take a little bit of time just to focus your heart on this idea of confession.
to turn the sheet over and look at the written confession. And I don't want to force anybody to read this out loud if it's not where you're at, but if so, I think there's something really powerful about a group of people saying, hey, not every single piece of brokenness in the world is my fault or even has anything to do with me, but as humans, as broken humans, we confess to God that we see this in the world. We see this around us. We see this within ourselves. And I think there's something that, like in that passage, there's something that just is released. We can just let go of when we say these things together. So if you're willing, just read this out loud. We'll have the words on the screen as well, but it's right here in your hand. We confess that we are in bondage to sin and brokenness and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole hearts. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We have ignored the pain of the world and passed by the hungry, the poor, and the oppressed. For the sake of your Son, have mercy on us. By your Spirit, O God, take possession of our hearts so that not only the actions of our lives, but also the words of our mouths and the smallest thoughts in our minds may be guided and governed by you. Cleanse us from all our offenses and deliver us from proud thoughts and vain desires. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. The next part of the process I want us to move in is to this idea of humbling ourselves. I think that humility has gotten a little bit of a bad rap in the past, and I think this is why. I think humility has become this idea of trying to pretend like there's not value and worth in your life and put yourself down low in this way that is actually just inaccurate. I think humility as a way of, of bringing yourself low to serve other people is beautiful, but when it starts to become a way in which we see that we're almost self-deprecating in a way that's not true and it affects our identity in negative ways, I don't think that's what true humility that we see in Scripture is about. Let me give you my definition of humility. I think humility is an accurate view of who you are in light of who God is. An accurate view of who you are and your identity in light of who God is. That means you're not God. <laughs> that means we are not the God of our lives. But we are creations that God has made in God's image. And so to deprecate that or to say that there's not something wonderful and beautiful about who we are is not honoring to God either. So I think of humility as finding that sense of accuracy, not making yourself lower than is real, but also not hovering up above in pride. It's the sense of accurate, who am I in light of who God is? And when we do that, we can say, okay, what are some of the ways in our life we might need some support, some help? In fact, here's the questions that I offer for you to pursue. And if there's something else you want to process, that's fine. But sure, what part of your life have you allowed to become too self-focused? For all of us, at times, our focus becomes so, like, myopic is the word I would use, so focused on one thing, and it sometimes has to do with just us. And if we back up and see around us that there's maybe some more for us to focus on. Here's another thing that I think takes humility. What do you need to grieve or let go of in your life? Are there some things you need to actually grieve in 2018 so that you can go into 2019? This is a little bit cheesy, but I've thought of this many times. Grief is like something that you're holding in your hands. And if you were to grieve, you're letting that thing go. And if you want to receive, you first have to grieve. Otherwise, your hands are full, right? And so what does it look like to say, I need to grieve these things with God 
as I go into this next year so that my hands are open to receive what God has for me in the next year? I think that's an important question for some of us right now. How about in what area of life might you need to ask for help? This is hard for a lot of us, but some of us might need some help. We might need a coach. We might need a counselor. We might just need a friend to be led into some of the stuff that's going on. We might need a, to take the generosity class and learn a little bit more about how to manage our budget. I don't know, but every single one of us needs help in our life in some area right now. I believe that. And then finally, how might you need God to give you more compassion for others? And here's maybe a harder one for some of you, maybe some more compassion for yourself. I think in that space of finding compassion for ourselves, we're finding that accurate point of the fact that we are just people. We are not perfect. We don't always have it together. Can we have some compassion for ourselves because we're not God? That's who, God, that's who Jesus is. An accurate sense of who we are in light of who God is, I think, is what that humility is. So we'll give you a few more minutes just to focus on that. And then Ashish, I think, will close in a little refrain. You can sing along with him and we'll move into our final part. So we'll give you four minutes to take some time to focus on that second part.
last aspect I want us to focus on is just this idea of honoring Jesus. You heard at the end of that passage this idea of celebrating, celebrating who Jesus is in our life. And I wrote down here, and we'll have it on the screen, just a list of the different aspects of who Jesus is that we see in Scripture. And there's others, but I just thought of the ones that came stuck out to me right away. This, the different aspects of Jesus that I wrote down. Jesus as Savior, as leader in our life, as a friend, as a king, as shepherd, as a prophet or a truth teller, as a priest or one who creates a space of, of holiness, as a provider in our lives, as a healer in our lives, a guide or Emmanuel as we celebrate over the Christmas holiday, this idea that God is with us, a presence in our lives, a with us God. Jesus is called Emmanuel. And just some time to praise him and thank him for these different roles in your life. So perhaps during these next couple of minutes of reflection, just think about which one of these one or two really sticks out to you and what would you want to say to Jesus in response to this aspect of this role that Jesus plays in your life. And then we'll describe our time of communion and, and finish with two songs just celebrating and honoring Jesus as our way to close today. So just take a couple minutes to choose what one or two of these aspects of who Jesus is do you want to honor in your life today and as you go into the, the new year. time of prayer, I'll just pray and, and you can agree in your heart 
I just also want to extend a special invitation to someone who might be here who looked at that list of things about who Jesus is and say, this isn't who Jesus is to me in my life. And there's so many of us here who can tell you that the most important decision we ever made was to decide that we wanted Jesus to be our leader, that we wanted Jesus to be our savior, to wipe away the slate clean like that passage reminded us, to, to give us a sense of, of newness and renewal and freedom that we believe only Jesus can give. And here's something that maybe not everybody realizes. You don't understand it all when you make that commitment. Most of us who've been following Jesus for our whole life still don't understand it all and, and understand the mystery of who God is, but we're trying to trust. And we know there's a difference because we can experience that difference, but we had to choose to make that commitment. And so maybe today, for some of you, this is an invitation to consider what would it look like to make that commitment. It's something that starts off between you and God. And so in this time of prayer, I'll just lead us in a space that can be created for that commitment or that recommitment. And for every single one of us to honor Jesus as one of the final things that we do in 2018 before we step into 2019. And then I'll explain our communion process. Let's pray together. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we admire who you are as a Trinitarian God. We don't understand all of that. What does it mean that you're three in one? Jesus, what does it mean that you became a human and one of us? We don't understand it, but today we want to thank you for the choice to come to identify with us, to condescend, to come to become a human, to live an entire life of a human so that you could express to us that you understand. And for every one of us, we have an opportunity to commit or recommit to you right now. To say we want you to be our savior, to forgive us, to set us free from sin, from brokenness, from the brokenness of the world and the brokenness in our lives. We want you to be our friend, to be our leader, to be with us. We thank you that you proved to us how much you wanted to be with us and that's what this Christmas season has been celebrating. And we wanna give our lives to you knowing that when you come into our lives, it changes our reality. It doesn't mean it's all perfect. It doesn't mean it's all easy, but it's different and it changes and we honor you and want that in our lives. We pray that you would help us to believe, help us to trust, help us to surrender and to let go of the things that we so easily want to take control of in our lives. Help us to grieve the things that we need to grieve and let go of. Help us to confess the things that are weighing on us and holding us down so that we can step freely and lightly into this next season that you invite us all into. We thank you, Jesus, that what you did on the cross for us and the fact that you died, but you came back to life, you conquered death, you ended what it means for death to be eternal so that we know that in this life we might experience death, but forever we get to spend it with you, where you are the presence that changes all things and we will fully be with you. And there'll be no more crying and no more pain and no more mourning and grief and all these things that we experience because you say the old things will have passed away because you are making all things new and you wanna start making us new right now. You wanna continue in that renewal for some of us today and this year as we go into a new year. So we invite you, Holy Spirit, into that space in our lives. We invite you, Jesus, and we honor you today. Be honored in our worship, be glorified in our praises. We thank you, we love you. It's in the authority in the name of Jesus that we pray all these things, because that's the only authority we have. 